And once again, here we are with a situation, as you heard in Jamie Tweel's newscast there, one man in hospital following shooting in Etobicoke last night. We also had uh, reports of uh, guns being fired in a parking lot in another, another Toronto housing complex. It's getting, uh, it's getting all too frequent. And the reality is we used to talk about gunfire and gunplay in the city. And it was shocking. Now, seems like, oh, okay. Yeah, more of the same. Mike McCormick was on the show on Monday following the 17 shootings over the civic holiday weekend. I guess he was actually here on Tuesday. But, you know, short weeks, you get a little confused about the day. Here's what he had to say about the shootings in the city. We have been talking about this for almost four years. This was something that the chief referred to as a blip. Four years later, what we've seen is 154% increase in shooting victims. In 2014, we had 242 shooting victims in the city. Four years later, we saw 613 shooting victims. And where is the plan? Where is the, you know, we're hearing, oh, well, we're going to deal with this. We're going to put resources. Why haven't we done that? Why hasn't anything been done? We've been talking about this for so long, and now here we go again. And again, words like we want to solve cases. My concern about solving. No, you want to prevent shootings in the city. He's talking about the chief, uh, Mark Saunders, who held a press conference over the weekend after uh, those shootings. And Mike McCormick, of course, he is coming from the perspective of being the president of the Toronto Police Services Association. So he's talking on behalf of his members. Uh, And here's what else he has to say. When you take almost 25 percent of your uniformed police officers and they banish them over four years, and we don't have the ability to do proactive policing, arrests are down 48 percent, provincial offense tickets are down 59 percent from over 500,000 to under 250,000. And what it means is every time you do a traffic stop, you're investigating, you're looking, and I've done this many times, and you end up turning into, you find firearms or other offenses. And when we're not engaging with the public, we don't have this proactive policing, this is what you're going to see. We also happened to reach out to the mayor, John Tory, to ask about his concerns. And he says we need to crack down on gun offenses, calling for um, an all-out ban on handguns. Certainly stricter gun controls and certainly tougher gun sentences and tougher bail conditions for people with guns because all of those things are contributing to, I think, people on the street with guns, uh, especially those who've had a history of this, uh, who shouldn't be there and they certainly shouldn't have the guns. What is really incredibly frustrating, I think, for everyone is when you find out that there has been an arrest made and this is someone known to the police for having a uh, previous situation where they were caught with a firearm. John Tory goes on to say how we need to get tough on these repeat offenders. I think that the need to deal very toughly, if that's a word, with the people who are repeat offenders in this area is also the case. And and the province, again, helped us set up this special bail court. So if you're out on bail or you're, you know, on probation or one of these kinds of things, and then you're found to be charged with a gun offense again, you just don't get out on bail. You know, you just are kept in custody until you're trial uh, because we just can't afford to have these people doing the same things over and over again. No, we can't afford having these same people doing these things over and over again. And I think the perception is the feeling that the legal system seems to be weighted in favor of uh, the criminals and people with the guns. So here to talk about that and find out if, you know, this is just uh, perception or, you know, is this really what's going on? Joseph Newberger, you've heard him on the show before. He's a criminal lawyer and 640 Toronto legal analyst. Joseph, I appreciate you being on the show. 
My pleasure. Because I think the perception and the feeling is frustration for uh, Torontonians, the average Torontonian that hear that there's been, you know, more gunplay and more gun violence in the city. And it's becoming all too regular uh, of a conversation. You know, it used to be a news story. Now it's just another, um, you know, chat that we're having next to the water cooler, if there is such a thing anymore. But... There is the perception and the feeling that the legal system is weighted in favor of the criminals. Is there any truth to that? Can you can you speak to what happens when someone's, you know, caught with a gun on the streets of Toronto? I can. But let me just say this. First of all, listening carefully to what Mike McCormick McCormick has said, I agree 100 percent with what he's saying. Um, Foisting upon the uh, legal system that somehow it's flawed and it's at the uh, at the stem of why we have the rash of shootings that we do is completely inaccurate. Um, Mike McCormick has it right. The resources from the government, so these politicians who talk out of both sides of their mouths, are not putting in the resources and the funding necessary for the police to engage in proactive policing. Is absolutely right. Arrests are down. And the issue is not about um, uh, solving cases. It's about apprehension and preventing these crimes. And so when you take away police officers and have a retirement plan, and you're not adding the numbers you need, you're not having experienced officers engaged in these uh, units and engaged with these gangs, that's going to hurt community safety. There is a lack of resources overall within the system. That's another factor. Uh, the, The judicial system is lacking judges because the federal politicians are not investing in the infrastructure, and you've got that provincially. So to simply say that repeat offenders get treated lightly, and that is the reason this is happening, is a very myopic view, which is trying to foist upon one system where blame lays at the feet of the politicians for not properly funding policing. The other thing I'll say is if somebody's arrested with a gun offense, they have a very special bail hearing. It's set up in a special court with special crowns, and there's great emphasis on the accused having to establish why they should be released, what a proper release plan would be, and what safety protocols would be put in place to make sure that they're managed in the community. If it's a repeat individual, they have the onus of establishing this, and many times people with repeat offenses, and it's usually not just the possession of a gun, there's usually something else, may very well wind up in custody, detained, and denied bail. Moreover, sentences for individuals with uh, loaded handguns or other types of firearms are very serious. Um, what are they? Just to give us an idea for the average person, Joe, because I think, you know, it's good to have you on. I wanted to clarify what goes on because, quite frankly, most of us won't come in contact with this system. You're right. I mean, it's multi-years. I mean, if somebody's caught with a loaded handgun, uh, you know, you're looking at four or five years of a jail sentence. And if there's drugs involved and something else, sentences can go up. And let me also say this. If an individual is arrested and being involved in a shooting where um, they're trying to kill another individual and they're convicted of attempted murder, life sentences are handed out. So these are not light sentences which are, which are meted out by the courts. They're very serious sentences. But the issue is we have growing gang activity in the city. We are a metropolis. You know, when you look at the greater Toronto area, we're creeping up on 8 million people, very similar to the city of Chicago and other cities in the United States. And if you think overall, you know, I just walked around last weekend to all parts of Toronto and you feel safe. The reality is if you're in a downtown area of a U.S. city that has a similar population, there is multiples of shootings and murders as compared to Toronto. We live in a very, very safe city where we do have very good policing 
and very good teams involved in uh, trying to weed out gangs. Yeah, but, but Joe, those- on the other hand, you could say, uh, you know, we live in a very safe city, but then you could point to Jane Kriba and people feeling very safe during the Raptors parade. And then we had a shooting there where other people would argue, I didn't feel safe at all, depending on where you are, wrong place, wrong time. Still, it's our city. I want to ask you yeah. a, qu- a quick question, if I could go back a second. You said uh, the, the penalty for a loaded handgun. What if it's not loaded? Because handguns are, y- you know, illegal. Right. Well, you're, it's a couple of years for sure, two to three years, you okay. know, if it's a, and, and it's never just that. I mean, there's always something else involved. There's a magazine, there's bullets, there's other mm-hmm. things. Sentences are very serious. You know, we've seen some blips now where judges are trying to take into consideration the uh, historical marginalization of members of our black community and discrimination in that regard. And, ha- and we've seen where that's now going to make its way through the court of appeal. But that being said, Overall, sentences are quite serious. It's treated very seriously by the courts. There's special units set up for prosecution. But the problem really comes down to, you know, protection of the community by apprehending and stopping events from occurring. And that requires a proper investment in the infrastructure of policing and the units that are out there engaged with the community to try and assist in preventing these crimes from happening. And we do not see that. And he is absolutely right. Arrests are down by significant numbers. Joseph, you're a criminal lawyer, so your job is to make sure that the uh, law is is followed to the letter and you're to um, you presume yeah. your, your client is innocent, not guilty. So if there is a flaw in how the investigation is going down, um, you go through everything with a fine-tooth comb. How many people are getting off on, on the fact that, you know, our resources are stretched in the city of Toronto and we have police officers that might have... Um, um, I don't want to put the blame on police officers. I'm just saying due to overworked, uh, being overworked or uh, not enough staff, m- maybe overlook something, in which case you've got to say, well, it's my job to say this is wrong and this person should walk. Well, I mean, the, the, the role of a defense lawyer with anybody who's accused is to put the government to the test to prove beyond a reasonable doubt and proper evidence that's admitted and not unlawfully obtained evidence. And that's important. And that's what sets aside our democracy from closed societies. And that's something that everybody has to have uh, a good feeling about because that protects us and makes us a different society than, let's say, what we see in Saudi Arabia and other places or Russia. So it's very important we maintain that. Second, um, police officers are doing fairly good work. There are cases where there are issues with respect to search warrants or about um, other types of avenues that they could have taken, which make their cases less weak. But by and large, the investigations are fairly robust. The issue more is about uh, not apprehending many individuals who are involved in this activity because the projects are not funded properly because we just don't have enough officers But officers are also overworked because they do not have the resources within the units to get disclosure out and to do other things. So sometimes you do see that cases will drag out for a period of time because the police officers are doing a ton of work on their own and they're not being assisted in similar Crown attorneys, um, not those in the guns and gangs units, but you will see that there have been significant cutbacks with the resources to Crown attorneys. And that falls at the feet of the politicians in our legislature in Ontario. At the end of the day. This is a problem with funding through the government, uh, uh, allocation of funds. 
It is, and it's engagement with the community. I mean, we need to look at it more of a holistic approach. You know, when the police are engaged with the community and they're gathering intelligence, but they're out on the streets and they're connecting and they're they're gathering intel, they they are much more effective in apprehending individuals who are involved in criminal activity and are able to suppress the acquisition of firearms because these firearms, having a gun ban is a joke. It flows in from the United States and other sources. If somebody's a criminal and they want to get a gun, they're going to get it. They can have a gun ban. It's not going to make a difference. It's about proactive policing, engagement with the community, and looking at other ways to deal with people who are more vulnerable to go into gang activity, look at the roots of that and try and address that as well through other mechanisms. You know, there are a lot of uh, people that are uh, in vulnerable situations in the city of Toronto that could be involved in in gang activity and might see it as something attractive. Are you seeing a lot of repeat offenders when it comes to uh, firearm uh, charges in, in court right now? Well, sadly, there are a number of individuals who are involved with gang activity, and they are they are repeat offenders because it becomes a lifetime for them. It is their their community, their family, their engagement with society. This is how they view themselves, and and unfortunately, uh, they're brought into that and they stay within it. So that happens. It's the same thing in the United States and in Europe and other jurisdictions. So that's why we need to look at more of a grassroots approach as to addressing those who are the vulnerable, who can be susceptible to being brought into these groups. What can we do socially from other perspectives and engage them? What's and the public's role? Public, you know, I mean, it, it, you know, it takes a village to raise people. I mean, we have to pay attention to our community and, and people in our community and make sure that, you know, education is robust and well-funded, that we have strong social programs, that we're engaged with uh, other individuals, and, and, you know, we make communities communities where people are engaged and vested in their communities. When you love your community and you love your neighbors and you're happy about the way things are going, people are less uh, opt to involve themselves in illegal activity. And unfortunately, we see that, you know, with the tightening of budgets, and I don't, I don't blame the government for that because I know money's an issue, but we've wasted so much money in this province over the last two decades. It's shocking how much uh, billions of dollars have gone to waste where we could apply it much better uh, to the betterment of our, of our community. Joe, I want to thank you for joining us because I, I think you've, you've uh, answered a lot of questions in people's minds as they're, you know, hearing again again about, you know, three um, other shootings in the city of Toronto after a very violent weekend. And no doubt we'll be talking about this again. So thanks so much. My pleasure. Have a good show. Take Cheers. care. Joseph Newberger is, of course, our um, 640 Toronto legal analyst and a criminal lawyer. And I thought, you know, let's reach out to Joseph to talk about this because we are hearing you know, about people that had, you know, been involved in, in gang activity before, you know, being arrested again. And and we keep hearing over and over again that there are people known to police that are getting involved in uh, gunplay. And it is uh, it's worrying, to say the very least.